Welcome to Record Night Podcast. I'm Ryan. I'm Chris. Each episode we draw a theme and pull a record off our shelf and that we think fits the theme. Yeah. Uh, tonight is episode 10 uh, or 11. 11. What's 11? 11 of this series uh, or of the whole thing, uh, but we did that review episode. It's yeah, yeah. kind of a, it's a nebulous, yeah, it's nebulous thing. So if you have any theme ideas, feel free to hit us up on Facebook at Record Night, Instagram at Record Night Pod, all one word. Or email us at recordnightpod at gmail.com. But tonight, <laughs> we're getting real sad. We're getting yeah. sniffly with it. Yeah, yeah. Tonight's theme is I Got a Bad Case of the Sads. Yeah, so we, we uh, picked the saddest records we can think of that we like, by the way. They're not. Yeah, that yeah, we own. That we own. Or, well, uh, yeah, like. We'll yeah, say like. I, I, I picked one I had. I owned it, but it was on CD, and I, I don't even know what We don't was. listen to CDs yeah. here. It's all vinyl, man, or, or Spotify. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you're, you're a paying member of Spotify, right? Yeah. Yeah. And like, a paying member of owning records. Oh, yeah, yeah. I collected CDs for a long time, too. I did, too, and then uh, one day I got rid of them all. Yeah, I mostly signed up for Spotify because I noticed myself illegally downloading music. Oh, okay. And I felt bad that they were getting nothing so oh, i was yeah. like fine i'll give them spotify and at least they're getting peanuts i guess yeah, yeah like, they're getting peanuts some, some but you know i wish i could give more i always <laughs> buy merch and records and try to buy directly from the people but if i'm gonna listen to stuff over and over again uh i i might as well give them fractions I of get, a cent I, I over honest, nothing man, on spotify i usually listen to records in my car that i own i try to oh so, i mean i've been yeah. listening to the same music for yeah, the past yeah. 10 years so <laughs> I mean, like today I did the uh, punk rock playlist to sort of pop punk playlist to give myself a good headspace mm-hmm. for today's episode. <laughs> and, you know, I, got, I had some Descendants on there. I had some Bad Religion. Oh, I saw you posted some Descendants. And I was and, like, hell yeah. Yeah, American. And um, and then uh, No Effects. And, uh, and then uh, Ranson. I'm one of those people that thinks Ranson only made good, one good record. Mm-hmm. And it's not an outcome of the wolves. It's Ranson 2000. I agree. Oh, Rance 2000 is killer, right? Yeah, that is a good album. Uh, I think I stand by that Let's Go is at least fun. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's fun. Yeah, yeah. It's very easy to make fun of. Oh, yeah, yeah. But I don't I have strong uh, nostalgia tied to that album. So, and now come the Wolves. What do you think of that record? I've never liked that one. Yeah, I it's mean. It's always been people's I, everyone's favorites. Everyone's like, but Max and Warren, you're like, yeah, the only kind of cool song on the record? Yeah. But, I, and the only cool song about that song is the bass solo? Yeah. <laughs> Rancid kind of falls in this group of like what if the clash was more hardcore and mm. i don't really like the clash that much yeah i don't either like people like the clash also I'm like not really like, not <laughs> people should me. listen to that final clash album if you can I, find it it's I, so fucking bad i have one in calling uh-huh and i mean to me it doesn't sound like why you listen to punk rock <laughs> you know like yeah. listen to punk rock because i'm angsty suburban white kids so. yeah. <laughs> i need my punk to be a little harder than a lot of the older punk stuff um yeah. That's just that's how I stand on on punk. I like the Ramones. Yeah, I, do. I don't like the Sex Pistols. Yeah. Crass, how do you feel crass? I don't think I've really listened to much of them. Uh, they're they're really, too crass for me. They're too yeah. they're really really hard. Like 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 I I don't know how to I can't give anyone advice on the listening crass cuz I can't barely listen to them. Really? Yeah, I mean I I kind I kind of need a little melody. If it's gonna be like that. Oh really? <laughs> yeah, but uh, I mean, this point of shit that has no melody else too. But, but uh, when it's listening, to, I don't know, man. Crass, they are cool when it comes to Jeffrey was doing covers of Crass songs, right? <laughs> but Crass themselves, I'm not a big fan of. But so this has been the punk rock hour. Yeah, I'm yeah Ryan. Sorry. <laughs> um, uh, okay. Uh, so bad case of the sads. Bad case of the sads. Here we go. Uh, oh, Do you have any 
so mine was generally stuff. I mean, it's pretty self-explanatory, right? Like, yeah. like, like you pick a sad record. Um, I, I went super sad. Cool. Now, uh, and uh, you know, co- there were plenty of concept records that are sad. Is I did I have a concept record, but I'm going to tell you about that later. I think mine's sort of a concept record as well. And you said that we may have listened to it together before. Yeah, not on the podcast yeah. or anything, but when we were hanging out before yeah. that. Um, uh, I did have some. A runner. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, which yeah. was uh, black one by Sun. Okay. Which that one just explores. <laughs> that one it's kind of fits in the wheelhouse, but it's more just like let's explore like almost like abyssal darkness. Okay. Which is like sadness fits in there, but yeah. it's so much. It runs so much deeper sure, sure. than that, and it's that's a that's a good album. But mm-hmm. Man, that is a dark record. Okay. Uh, I had a couple runner ups. Yeah, um, what'd you get? So uh, I. I was going to pick a... Before I settled on what I was due, I was going to go with Elliot Smith's Either Or. Yeah, I uh, assumed you were going to bring in an Elliot Smith one, but then you texted me and said, I'm going to hit you with a curveball. Yeah, I am. And I was like, oh, well, I was looking forward to listening to some Elliot Smith. <laughs> I we will. Well, I promise you. Like, I listened to uh, Either Or today, and I was thinking, this will fit in other categories. Oh, yeah. So, uh, and if you guys don't know, I have Elliot Smith tattoo on my right arm, the uh, inner, inner forearm of a figure eight sort of a... Mm-hmm. Doodle. Um, and then uh, Nick Drake's Pink Moon. That's a good one. I think that's my favorite Nick Drake. I have a few of them. That's my favorite. It's it's hard to separate the suicides from those two people. Yeah. And so uh, that's... the Members one. of this band are both alive oh, and yeah. making music. Yeah, the same with my group. Everyone's alive making music. They've made records after the... the same. Seminal... Uh, is is this record is this a considered milestone for the band? Oh yeah. Okay. Or the, is they've record? been living in the shadow of this record for a while. <laughs> That's a lot of bands. Man. Yeah. Like they like any punk band from the nineties. Like Offspring still living in the. Uh, we'll talk about punk for a second. Yeah. Still living in the, the shadow of Smash. Yeah, I feel like they got pretty close with Americana. That's oh, where they got. Yeah, that's where they that's got really they got big. Famous, yeah. I loved Americana. I did too when I was younger. Way I, younger now. I don't know. They were I they were kind of like second fiddle to Blink One Eighty Two for mm-hmm. me. Um Wait, do you still like Blink One Eighty Two? I still love Blink One Eighty Two. Do you like him with Matt Skiba? I still love the one Blink One Eighty Two album I really loved. Which is what? Uh Take Off Your Pants and Jacket. Oh, that's the one you love? Yeah, that's my I favorite. Was of the state. I was in the state guy. Oh yeah. Yeah. Most people I'm a little were. older than you. So uh that I mean, came I had younger out. friends who still like Enema of the State. Okay. I think it's a it's still a pretty solid album, but there's some just weird charm to take off your pants and jacket that I really like. I miss you's on that record, right? No, that's on self-titled. So, do you like self-titled? I did. <laughs> now it just sounds way it sounds way overproduced. Uh, there's a, there's a uh, YouTube video of two hours of just Tom's verse of <laughs> "I miss you" over and over again. Like I found uh, the, uh, for example, it reminds me of the you know, hey, yeah, right? Every mm-hmm. outcast. And under two thousand, and you know that. All right, all right, all right, all right. I found a thirty-minute loop of that on, on YouTube, <laughs> and it looks great. You, like you wouldn't really be able to know because it, it's cut together so well. But right, but it does sound glossy, um, mm-hmm. and it's the first one they, where they really didn't try to get goofy or funny. They're like, this is serious. Yeah, well, they they recorded it in different places. They got really ambitious with it. Like I appreciate everything they tried to do, but mm-hmm. I, for. My taste right now, it misses the mark, but mm-hmm. I loved that shit in eighth grade. Well, I never had. 
didn't even listen to it. Yeah. It's, it's Blink-182 is one of those that's like, I need them to kind of stay in the past, and okay. I will revisit them when it's time for nostalgia, but I'm not closely following what they're doing anymore, because I the, don't care. The only band that's truly followed from when I was like, like, 15, like 14 mm-hmm. is no effects. Like... Oh, yeah. They're always going to be something that, like, what are they doing? You got New York to come out? <laughs> um, it's weird. Like, people, I tell, I tell people I like no effects the age of 30, and they're like, what the fuck, dude? Yeah, what's um, wrong with you? <laughs> yeah. But, hey, fuck you, man. I love no effects. And every time I go there, go there, show, there's always some dude about my age staying in the back with a beer. And you're you know? like, oh, I'm going to go stand with him. Yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> I belong in. And there, there's, you know, some 13-year-old kid with their mom bringing them Coke with him they have a mohawk up front, and I'm like, Kid, I don't even know what you're doing. <laughs> but uh, it's all right. In another 15 years, he'll be hanging out in the back with you guys. Yeah, yeah. And I'll be like that six-year-old guy with glasses. Uh huh. Because I feel like my vision's getting worse. I mean, that's that's how it happens. I, I guess. guess that's just growing up. Yeah. That's a song, right? That's the Blink Twenty Two song. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> that's damn it. That's the first song I learned by Blink Twenty Two on guitar, by the way. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Uh, just that. That's all I knew of it, though. I'm pretty sure that's uh, D O double G. Okay, sorry. Yeah, bad you, case of the sads. So, what did you bring? The record I brought was. Wait, did you bring beer? Oh yeah, do we want to do that first? Yeah, let's do that first. Let's we'll keep them on the hook. Okay. So, okay. Uh, I was like, what is? I can have one of these beers, by the way. Oh, perfect. Well, that it. makes my that makes my story less sad though. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> So you you had texted me earlier in the day saying like, well, I'm I'm just gonna drink Michelob Ultra tonight. Yeah, guys, I'm on a diet again. I my pants don't fit as well as they used to, and I've noticed it. And I have to never mind. I'm not gonna get that far into <laughs> it, but uh, but yes, I'm on a diet somewhat. Yes. So I was like, okay, well, what's the saddest thing I can bring to make me sad? No, oh. just. Oh, in general, <laughs> just the, in in general, the saddest thing I could bring. So I went to the gas station oh, God. <laughs> and grabbed a six pack of Miller High Life. Okay, that I've left out at room temperature. Okay, then um, I'm I'm not drinking this then. And uh, I'm apparently drinking it by myself. Uh, but you, I'll grab you a Michelob Ultra. Thank but, you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Wait, room temperature High Life. Yep. Uh, man, like if I can't, to me that's like almost like PBR, right? Yeah, I mean, PBR is pretty sad, but I like PBR, so I wanted to get something that was sadder than that. So you don't like High Life? It's fine. Oh, it's fine? Okay. I didn't want to torture myself. Yeah. I just wanted you to feel bad for me. This beer has to be six months old. Nice. Yeah. So. Maybe yours is sadder. <laughs> yeah, because, yeah, it's it's Michelob Ultra. It's like the thing that you see every six-year-old lady drinking, thinking the fallacy that they're going to lose weight while drinking it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so All I'm right. not, actually not have one beer. Miller High Life. Oh yeah, oh. get over here. We got a. Oh god, I forgot Miller High Life smells like Dookie. No, yeah, well, you, are you are you forcing yourself to drink it? I'm gonna have at least one. You want half? My nails aren't working. I got I got strong fingers. That's what she said. Strong grippy fingers yeah. like a gecko. There we go. Boom. Oh, yeah, still bad. Yeah. Um. Still not great. One of my first first beers was a Miller High Life. Oh yeah, like is like like your friend you Miller High Life and yeah, I didn't drink until I was twenty one, and I then I was like, oh, I, I don't like I, I don't either. like beer because somebody gave me a PBR and a Miller High Life, and I was I like, mean, this tastes like garbage. Like, like this yeah. does taste like piss. Yeah, yeah, I didn't drink until I was twenty one either, and then even then I didn't really start drinking beer until I was like twenty five. Yeah, we're goody goodies. Yeah, I was, um, I was all right. Worried. So yeah. my record, <laughs> your record. 
Sadness. Here we go. It is stuck in the bag. It is Death Consciousness by Have a Knife's Life. I do remember the cover. Yeah, <laughs> this one is. It's very sad. Uh, the cover of the album has a old, uh, I believe, Renaissance painting mm -hmm. of a guy who just killed himself with his suicide note uh, available that... to read, but I can't read French, so I can't okay. tell you what it says. Um, else comes the fun little zine here that explores some weird esoteric sect of Christianity called okay. like Antiochism. Okay. Which is just like oh, it also has the the lyrics in here. Oh, nice. Cool. Oh, uh, you didn't know that. <laughs> nope. I've I read through this uh before, but it's been a while. Was, was, which was... is like it's insane. It's all very. It's almost like a doom cult kind of. It's a lot of like you have to suffer and you have to die. Oh, to... oh self-flagellation, that sort of thing. Kind of. Kind of. One of their martyrs is uh, somebody who just like got like murdered in the street because like she accepted being murdered. Cool. And it was kind of like, oh, neat. Right. <laughs> um, so the band Have a Nice Life. Mm -hmm. They were found, formed in uh, 2000 in Connecticut. Okay. It's two dudes, Dan Barrett and Tim Makuga. Not your Kuga, Makuga. Okay. <laughs> and they're kind of a they're like a genre blending band. They're okay. In a wheelhouse but it's all kind of like post-punk meets shoegaze meets post-rock meets drone meets ambient meets industrial okay um they don't really lean too hard in one direction but you definitely feel but they're uh, what's like if you had to guess what their fans shoegaze like? shoegaze shoegaze okay. yeah that's that's why i initially listened to them so like, um mbv and all that shit yeah <laughs> It's not very My Bloody Valentine like, but you'll you'll hear it, like the walls of sound okay. and all that stuff. They've done three albums. Okay. This is their debut. Okay. In two thousand eight, then they did the Unnatural World, which I don't like as much. Mm -hmm. They leaned a lot harder on like the reverb and echoey part of shoegaze. Yeah. And it just kind of makes it sound like somebody put like a phonograph at the end of like an abandoned hallway. <laughs> yeah. I I don't think the songs are very good, but then last year they did Sea of Worry. You know Sea of Worry? I loved it. Yeah. Uh had not so many good albums come out last year, we probably would have listened to it okay. on the podcast eventually because sure. it was really really good. Um, um this is their what record? Like you said, their first. First, this okay. is their debut. Okay. Uh, which they recorded for a thousand dollars total. That includes <sighs> buying the instruments they needed for it, uh, which they probably already had. Yeah. Um, whatever recording software there was, and like printing copies of the album. God damn! I wish that that was still like a thing that people could. This was two thousand eight. That's not too old. You now. still can. Yeah. I guess uh, you can. just buy a cheap drum machine and. Oh yeah. You just gotta focus a lot more on the sounds and play within your limitations uh this actually gained a huge underground following on uh like music message boards yeah sure uh which is how i found it okay um and yeah it was super cool it was just kind of like hey check this check this thing out and it just kind of popped up and everyone was talking about it yeah. so i downloaded it and listened to it and it's it's really really cool have you ever seen them live yet no, I would love to, but I they don't generally come through here. I don't think they're big enough to do like like full national yeah. tours, but it's like if I'm ever on the East Coast and they're playing a show. Yeah, yeah you'd be there, yeah. Yeah. Like my brother, he loves Rosetta, and they mm. rarely tour. Rosetta <laughs> is really cool. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so this album is kind of a concept album. I think I mentioned it before. Mm -hmm. uh, it's two parts. The first part is The Plow That Broke the Planes, and mm -hmm. the second part is The Future, and it's 
one uh one part per disc. Okay. Um, oh, so they've actually separated like like on have, discs. Yeah. Because like I do know. apologize. I looked up how long the I didn't look up how long the album was when I decided it. It's, how long is it's it? It's about eighty five minutes. Eighty five. Yeah. Mine's only fifty one. So okay, that's yeah, not yeah, too bad. Yeah. Um, but so hitting sad theme. It's like mm-hmm. songs are about sadness, suicide, death, the rapture, sacrifice, all through the lens of that Antioch Christianity. Nice. Stuff, so you get a lot of references, which the zine, like reading through this little zine booklet that came with it, it's like 70 pages. Um, they quote parts of like their their Bible and different things. Uh, it's crazy. Like Their big rapture thing is that uh, a giant eternal worm is going to devour the earth. So the first track on here is a quick one before the eternal worm devours Connecticut. Sounds amazing. Yeah. So you get a lot of this like religious existential almost nihilistic dread that just kind of permeates this whole album that they also continually reference mm-hmm. which i didn't i mean i didn't really pick up on it until i read this thing and then it's like knowing about it just like fuck this is so cool <laughs> it's such a it's such a cool album um and i think we should dive into it all right uh, i'm ready the, to get sad what's it called again it is called death consciousness by have a nice life all right what do you 10 seconds is that spotify it is on Spotify. I'll, I'll add it to the playlist, okay. or if you want to search, seek it out on your own, I highly recommend doing so. Do we need 10 seconds to turn off the podcast? Now. So that was Death Consciousness by Have a Nice Life. Okay. Yeah. Did so, ha- did you have a nice? I did life? have a. I had, are I had, you now conscious of your death? I, I'm conscious of death. Yeah. This is a uh, record um, with heavy things of death. Almost sort of a. There's a lot of nihilism involved. Mm-hmm. And a lot of hatred of God. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um. So. Uh, just. So it's it's very gloomy and dark and very shoegazy and weird points of like a. Uh, synths coming in when you didn't expect yep. them uh and it's it's strangely the least successful and the least successful and the most successful thing you've shown me that you oh you think so yeah i think so um uh second disc is basically the, the disc full of singles i guess that's why you put it for me yeah i i could definitely see that it has a lot more of my favorite songs on it it kind of gets out of the like slow trudging gloomy and gets yeah. a little more rocking yeah 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 the rock part i guess so uh let's go through um track by track yeah that? disc by disc as well because the yeah. first disc is part one and uh-huh. that's the plow that broke the planes okay and it's easy i think to look at this album as part one being it focuses a lot more on kind of like the antiochian mm-hmm. uh understanding yeah, of like christianity and stuff is a little bit just a little bit even. yeah so i feel like the first part is more kind of like the creation of the world i guess mm-hmm. and kind of setting up the ideas and then the second part is how it all kind of plays into now like these things that happened are now but i f- i feel like it ties itself up in a very antiochian way though oh for sure yeah yeah um... where you get the first track mm-hmm. about the eternal worm devouring connecticut yeah but then in the end, people kind of become the golems that are destroying Earth anyway, <laughs> becoming their own eternal worms. Yeah. Oh, look at that. Very, very cyclical. Yeah, very, cy- right. very 
circle-y. Yeah, very <laughs> Ouroboros. So the first song, a quick one before the Eternal Warm Devourers, Connecticut. They're from Connecticut, right? Yeah. Okay, like Hartford. Or, well, Connecticut's really just the size of a city anyway. Pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> so um, starts out so ominous. Yeah, it's got this kind of like dread vibe on it. Yeah, and it starts, it starts out kind of sort of alluring. But then it's just slowly creepier, and this this area has a lot of creepy sounds on it. Oh, for sure. Yeah, it's spooky. <laughs> yeah, it's got kind of a nice like acoustic guitar riff, but yeah. then like the background just yeah. definitely has these yeah, creepy dreadful sounds. Bit. Yeah, uh, uh, you uh, it with the title of it, it feels very much like it's like there's a lot of argument over what like a quick one means. Yeah, but. I feel like it's just the last chance to do something before the world ends. Yeah. Like you have this impending doom coming, yeah. and it's like you can do something, and then you end up doing yes yeah, with the little bit of lyrics. Yeah, it's some like, people are like like does it mean like sex or like like alcohol? Not really. It could be anything. Be, a quick something. Yeah, quick something. Uh, but then with like the little bit of lyrics at the end, it's <laughs> like oh, he just kind of ends up getting stuck in his own decisiveness and <laughs> indifference and not doing anything uh also weird trivia bit on this yeah lil peep sampled this song okay for lil a peep. song i've never heard rest the in peace song. lil peep yeah but had an appreciation for have a nice life i guess i, I think he's one of the guys that's lil peep is responsible for normalizing face tattoos maybe i don't think i've ever seen him okay well, seen lil zan well uh lil peep is dead well, then I probably won't be seeing them. <laughs> Moving on. Uh, Blood Hail, which is, like, I think the f- the first song in this record that really brings in the story. Um, yeah. Uh, it starts out very uh, Joy Division, right at the beginning. Uh, yeah, it's got that um, just post-punk, like uh, post-punk bass line yeah. with the, like, industrial sounding, like, drum and machine. I think it's, I think it had a very mid-90s feel to me. Uh, very alt rock like local H, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Um uh but it but like about halfway through it, it it's just you can hear the despair in it. Oh yeah. Kinda I don't know, it, it Antiochian stuff is so weird where you get like it seems like they're exploring grief, but then like the whole idea is that like there's no life and no death. Like just yeah. these do- things don't exist, and the, this sort of brings in the character. I guess Woodyard described as the hunter. Yeah, and which uh, is a another Antiochian myth. Yeah, so killing a god who's basically abandoned creation. That's why I got it out of that. Yeah, song. Um, the whole story thing it's written about in the zine is basically the hunter climbs a staircase that's made out of all the dead bodies of humanity yeah. to get into heaven to kill God, and then on the hunter is basically God has fallen from heaven onto the earth and is basically, like, in his dying breath saying, like, okay, yeah, use my body to... The giving tree. Yeah, basically. <laughs> <laughs> um, and the song is full of allegory. Like, oh, actually, the whole record seems to just be, like, basically just just metaphor for all kinds of things. Oh, yeah. Um, if, you, if you have a chance to somehow, like, if somebody's digitized the zine or something, it's insane. It's worth reading, but it's it's bananas. Um, but then also, kind of tying into the last song, mm-hmm. one thing I really like about this album is like how uh, cohesive it is mm-hmm. with its themes, where it's like, the last song ends with indifference and indecisiveness, and a lot of the stuff on this is like, the hunter kills God, and yeah. it's kind of just like, yeah, okay. That's what I Like, do. just like this weird <laughs> indifference to like just huge events that are happening. All of humanity <laughs> is dead. He climbed them to murder God, <laughs> and then he's like, 
Yeah, but whatever. Like, it's it's whatever. It's whatever. It's what it is. Yeah. Um, then we get into the big one. Which, that, like, yeah, that's the album there. Yeah, yeah. Just the title right there is The Big Gloom. <laughs> uh, this, um, this has a cool plot. Like, it, it as it starts out with the basically just shoegaze, like, I say it a lot, but the the guitar is very noisy. Oh, yeah. But it's, but it, it's hard to describe. It's noisy, but it, it never feels like it's being strummed. It feels like it's just there. Yeah, there's a lot. They get a lot of really interesting sounds out mm-hmm. of the guitar on this. Where some of it sounds like it's bowed, or it might be like, like a foghorn or something. Like it's so weird, but it, you, like there's a little bit of gu- the heart of guitar in there, and you're like, oh, I guess it's a guitar. That's weird. This this uh, I love this uh, all of the whole record. This is the song that hit me the hardest. I'm not saying it was the best song, but it's the one that really brought in the, the sadness. Well, yeah, it's mostly <laughs> called the big one. <laughs> yeah, it's mostly about a guy sitting in a bathtub contemplating killing himself and the effects of, like, how that's going to affect other people. Please release me from life. Yeah, and then once he's released, a big wall of sound comes in, and it's just like, oh, God. It's, yeah, it is, it's crazy. Like, they they walk this line Mm -hmm. on this album. I don't feel like they ever cross it, but it's like this album could very easily edge into edgy territory where it's like we're talking about killing god and suicide but they never get to the point where it's like embarrassing to listen to or it comes off as edgy like they're earnest in their exploration of these ideas uh, yeah they are earnest i don't think that they're they're definitely not trying to like push any buttons you know yeah exactly um it's it's just an artistic expression and it's a fucking fantastic one yeah um the, they do a lot in this song. They they strip away and bring back a few times in this one, mm-hmm. um, and I really enjoy. Like, like I can tell that when they wrote it, they wrote it with what the lyrics they wanted to um, bring the music down for. You know, right? Like, like they, I, a lot of this is just a wash and reverb, almost indecipherable. Yeah. <laughs> without lyric booklet, but it took me a long time before I actually read the lyrics to uh, it. So it's like I'd listen to this album for years before I read any of the lyrics. <laughs> and it's like you kind of don't need it. Yeah. But it, it's really interesting when they're there. Yeah. Um. And so, but yeah, you can. I can tell they actually care about the things they were writing down. Oh yeah. Because they 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 emphasize either by bringing down the noise a bit, or just stopping it all together and just hearing it. Yeah. Um. And uh. This song also has a lot of things like lack of anything, like 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 uh, the what I got from the Antiochian myths uh-huh. here is that uh, Antiochus, that's his name, right? Yeah. Uh, his thing was everything is just leading to death and nothing. Yeah, it basically the life only le- leads to nothing but death. Yeah, and then that's that the goal is death, and you kind of earn it in a way. Yeah, which is an interesting way to put it. Basically, saying you you live to suffer. Yep. And, and congratulations, you're dying. You know, and get to suffer. <laughs> it's so weird, especially if you read the little zine with it. To it, look at this album that's like super sad and full of death, but mm-hmm. then listen to it as like almost like a pious celebration of just like, all right, I, you know, like this is the ultimate expression of my beliefs, and it's just like it, it's almost like turns it into kind of like a happy or a content note, even though it's all like really sad it's super weird like it's it's a weird feeling when you're like reading through the zine and you're just like what What?" yeah i mean i i imagine how i imagine reading the lyrics of this record is picking it up going home at night putting it on 
and sitting on the, I guess, the chair. Where else would you sit? Mm-hmm. In an ice bath. In an ice bath. <laughs> well, I feel like I feel like uh, this is a dangerous record to have alone. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like like if you're alone reading this, that's probably the way it's meant to be read. Mm-hmm. But it, it just seems it's spooky, man. <laughs> yeah, no, you're. It's exploring some dark, heady themes here. It's kind of like just make sure you're ready to explore that stuff in yeah. a mature way. Yeah, it's, <laughs> yeah, mature way is good. Way to it's it. like it's it's a big oof. Yeah, my dude. And so the next rec- next song actually picks up back up with the hunter. Yeah, it's Call like hunter. yeah, it's like the part two of <laughs> yeah. Blood Hail. Basically, after getting shot with the arrows, God is kind of like laying on the ground, telling people like kind of rebuild out of his body and eat. And eat from you, that. Did you get a giving tree vibe off of that? Maybe, but I feel like, but, 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 it, but God had anger I, God basically. Yeah, so, God had kind of abandoned everyone yeah. behind. And the, this song's this record has a big theme of abandonment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like even even showing how God abandoned his son that later on. But um, like again, this one really talks about you know how all leads to death. Like the, the this song, if you weren't sure before. This song nails it home. Oh yeah, yeah about about yeah. That's where I'll, where the way I'll go, and um, it's weird because uh, have you ever seen Chronicles of Riddick? Yeah. Do you remember at the end when he kills the like the king and he becomes becomes the king? I think so, vaguely. Yeah, he becomes the leader of like whatever. Later on, nails down because that's what the hunter becomes. Yeah, he sort of leads everything. After he kills God, he sort of becomes God in a way. Yeah, there. The interesting thing about the hunter in kind of the Antioch uh, mythology is he was the first person to kill anything for, like, food. Like, he, he, the whole thing is, like, humans weren't violent until the hunter came and proved that being violent is the way to do things. So mm-hmm. now violence is kind of the new god oh, yeah. and destroying things, and you see that kind of reflected in the the future, the part two part of this album. And Yeah, and sort of uh, this is sort of basically... And a lot of records explore the idea that humans are inherently evil, mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, so they may look at the Thomas Hobbes view of this, where yeah, yeah, where we discover violence, and that's how we solve everything. Pretty much. Um, that when it comes to it, it, it it's interesting because uh, it starts out sparse and sort of gets again builds up, and then it sort of ends with sort of the, these spooky bright guitars and synths. Yeah, it gets like this like guitar solo at the end yeah, yeah. and like kicks off and does some does some really cool stuff but yeah. like the vast majority of the song is this like sparse creepy dark atmospheric and thing then, and this ends with this little bit of uh, noon one yeah <laughs> uh, but i like it i love when this album like kicks into gear oh yeah kicks in they definitely do the best when it kicks into gear honestly yeah. and then we get into a uh, telephoning uh 80s gothic rock <laughs> oh, oh very song. much it's uh, got like this industrial sounding beat yeah and uh it's synthy mm-hmm. uh and uh it, it starts out slow like no drums and then second verse in kicks in the gear again. yeah uh it's another song kind of building off of grief and death and building some sort of time machine to go back and see talk lo- to a, a loved, loved one, one that was yeah. lost but also it also begins again the theme of death on this record is very evident like it's inevitable yeah <laughs> in this song it, you know you think that they're gonna go off and 
but it, every song seems to tie together like you said cohesive very cohesive the theme's um never lost in this record yeah and it, it it's a that's it it rocks too that song rocks yeah <laughs> it's a cool song yeah and then the next song why would or who would leave their son out in the sun which if you uh, guess god, god would god would and, 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 you know why has he forsaken his uh, yeah son? just more more religious stuff more kind of exploring the darker side of uh religious stuff and it's funny there's there's a little funniness and it's talking about sort of like a talking about the bright side and getting crucified yeah it, what is it uh, everyone spends time on the cross i just want to make sure it's not a total loss so maybe i'll get tanned and lose some weight while i wait yeah yeah which uh, i mean it's just a dark way to put it yeah um, i love the i guess the vocal effect on this one because it seems like with every verse um like the singer moves further away from the microphone yeah and he's cut but it's like he's yelling more but he's definitely further away and you're kind of like what is he? Like, I don't know if they're cranking up the reverb yeah, or if he's actually, actually walking wrote, away from the microphone. I actually wrote Indecipherable without lyric booklet, which is a lot of songs. Oh, about. yeah. Um, did you hear Gregorian chants in this at any point? Maybe. Like, there's definitely some... There's different points where you get, like, bits of, like, plain chant or Gregorian stuff or yeah. different things like that. Which, I mean, would have fit the song for sure. Oh, yeah. Um, then we move on to... There is no food, which is a, um, which is a instrumental track. Yeah, another instrumental, and it bookends the the first part. The plow oh, yeah. broke the planes. Yeah, and there's like little vocals in here, but you can't really tell what they are. Yeah, um, it reminds me of spaceships or submarines, just sort of isolation. Yeah, I think this one, this might be the one, or it's the future. I can't, I can't remember the the instrumental tracks do kind of run together for me. Yeah, um, one of them kind of has this like beeping sound that like goes a click track yeah, yeah, yeah which yeah. I, I really like i don't remember if it's this one <laughs> if if we're being if we're being completely honest mm-hmm. the maybe that's the point is that they they kind of run together and build this theme but this one's a, the instrumental ones definitely aren't my favorite yeah honestly except maybe quick one before the eternal worm yeah. devours connecticut because it, it, it sort of begins everything yeah it sort of and it just it. sounds cool it's got that nice yeah. kind of little guitar bit um but yeah there is no food yeah, it's it it's an instrumental track. And so we get to this too with the next one. Yeah, which is part two of the whole story, which is the future. They've uh, left a lot of the kind of religious stuff behind, and now we get this, like, this is what happened, so what? Yeah. And it uh, there's a lot more, especially on Waiting for Black Rider, excuse me, Waiting for Black Metal Records to come in the mail. It's a mouthful. And... It, you get this, like, so what? It's like, now they uh, talk about, like, what's happening mm-hmm. now. Like, you get this, you mentioned it while we were listening to it, you're like, wait, are they getting political? Yeah, because this is the the most overtly political song on the record, and it's also my favorite, by the way. Oh, same. Yeah. By um, far. It's, a, it's, it's the only song in this record that I think it has a traditional song structure, and it's the only one I think it could be a single. Yeah. Uh, I think this is most people's favorite on this album. Uh, but it does open. It does open with kind of like a cymbal or gong yeah. drone for a while. Oh, for a while, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's probably a good solid like two minutes of this just 
gong symbol drone. And it, it's basically, it talks about conspiracy, it talks about, you know, anti-government sentiment throughout the whole song. Oh, I got an anti-corporation I, sentiment well, from it. Like, sort of the same thing to me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> and you're talking about how they're crazy conspiracies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's a driving song, too, and it's kind of catchy. And oh, yeah. It has a faux ending. The little stop and then goes back. Oh yeah, which until reading the lyrics this time, I didn't realize that the thing he yelled was "fuck." So I was always <laughs> listening to a thing, and he's like, "Yeah!" And I was always like, "Fuck!" Um, and it's if it, the, the the any uh, song on this record had a single, it would be this one. Definitely, but yeah, you get stuff in here about like a widespread plague mm-hmm. kind of thing. That's you get people that are. It's like you're being exploited by corporations. This this part is the hunter being the new god, which is based on destruction. Right. And this is making money based on the destruction of other things. You know, disappearing into black stench, pitch black pall. It, it's all oil. Like yeah, it's, yeah. This came out in 2008. Yeah. Oil's Basically, talked about... Uh, a lot. Like, it, we're still in the Iraq War, the we're Afghanistan all, we're also, War. I think uh, that was around the time that I think that... Um, that pipeline burst in the Gulf? Maybe? I don't remember. <laughs> uh, let's move on. Before. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> this is when I graduated high school, so maybe they're singing about that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, next song's called Holy Fucking Shit 40,000. Or 40, I think it's 40K. 40K? Because a lot of people are saying it's a reference to Warhammer 40K. Mm, maybe. Just, just in the title. Okay, alright, fair enough. But Holy Fucking Shit. Yeah. It, uh, this is my second favorite song on the record. I think it sounds like Gorillaz. Oh, yeah, I get that. It, yeah, yeah. it sounds. I can't remember which song off of Demon Days, mm-hmm. but it fucking sounds like a song on Demon Days, and that's why I really like it. It does start out. It's the, a weird song for the rest of it because it's acoustic and it's sort of moves yeah, You get this kind of like beep boot. Yeah, yeah. I actually two little click tracks. I love the click track on this. Have you watched the Venture Brothers? No, but I know you love them. There's there's an episode where a couple kids, Hank and. Dermot form a band and they get their helper robot to like be mm-hmm. the drums and it reminds me of that so much as helper being the click track um, um but you get this kind of like humanity now is just machines acting I, out their programming yeah what i sort of got in this is that that we never really needed a heart after mm-hmm. we learned how to kill right what was awesome was being human why not make us machines in the first place yeah and then i drew a picture of terminator <laughs> yeah because they do have that one line yeah. in here where it basically says hey this is this is like Going back in time, finding you know, yeah, it's yeah. like uh, this bit of like restoring the balance mm-hmm. to things. If you go back in time yeah. and kill Sarah Connor, yeah, yeah. Um, and then at the end of it, they bring in dirty guitars at the end, and, and like they, a and they rock beat? out. Yeah, it's, it, this yeah. this one has that weird like drum beat to it. It's the first time I think they really rock out in the record. There's a few times I I think waiting for black metal records to come in the mail is a very rocking track. Okay. Uh, and then you get to the future. Yes, what I be- which I believe is the last instrumental track. Yeah, which no this words. might be the one that has the beep. It has a bunch of noise. It's so clearly a nice another click track in there, and it's a it's a palate cleanser, I guess. Yeah, it's another just mood track. Yeah, it, it makes sure after it's rocking and you get the dance beat that you're just mm-hmm. drawn back into this atmosphere of the album. It's like, oh, were you having fun? <laughs> Fuck you. Be sad again. And then we get into another song that could be a single. Deep, deep. Deep, deep. And it, it, I actually wrote JD just for Joy Division because it sounds a lot like Joy Division yeah. at the very beginning. Uh, I was reading 
because the way we look at the lyrics on here is we go through like genius and mm-hmm. I'll I'll see how other people interpreted it while I'm listening. And a lot of people were saying stuff about like sex and all that stuff. And I'm reading through it and just like, I don't know where you're getting this from. Yeah, I, it's also the only song on the record where you can actually hear the lyrics pretty well. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's kind of uncharacteristic of this record. Um, deep, deep, like I said, single, it could be just out there for people. Oh, yeah. Um, it's got a driving bass line, and uh, this song is about God again. Um, basically, though, I got from his, you know, it's it's a song they talk about love a lot in this one, but yeah, how you can give so much but not get it back, and they're basically saying, hey, we're we're told to love God, but he won't won't reciprocate at all, right? <laughs> you know, and that's that's what I got from like 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 he does nothing for us, but we're supposed to love him. Mm-hmm. And, and basically saying also if the hunter killed god that that's there's no god there yeah except the hunter now <laughs> yeah yeah and um yeah i, I like dt it's my third favorite song i like i i think it has a really strong like bass line oh yeah the driving bass for sure it sounds great i love the industrial beat on it no uh, it's a industrial song for sure yeah. yeah reading the lyrics along with people's interpretation of them like really just had like differing ideas like bounce mm-hmm. around in my brain and i right. kind of don't know what to make of it because they're talking about, like, atoms and, like, the makeup of the universe. And yeah. It, it might still be sticking with kind of, like, the order of things, uh, but more on, like, a universal level. Well, like, you know, looking at Genius, I think there's a lot of dubious claims on there. Like, people are saying, I think it's about this. But, I mean, a lot of lyrics they, they um, comment on, they can be twisted and mean anything. Oh, for sure. And so, like, it's like a horoscope. Yeah, you, <laughs> you, get, you get what you get out of yeah. it, what you read. Uh, but then... If we want something that's very clearly about love, it's I don't love. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, this starts out almost... I actually really like the way this starts out. So, so the vocal filter, kind of a chanting almost. Yeah. And, and then the second uh, second uh, second verse comes in, and you get this shoegazy muffled guitar sound. Oh, yeah. And it drops. And it's, uh, and it's a guitar with the synth in the background. And this... And it also even has like a little melody, uh, but <laughs> I, this song is, I don't know how I feel about this one. I like this one. It, yeah. This one starts connecting with the themes that they brought up in part one, uh, where you get like, you know, suffering is life and things like that. And it, it seems like it's very kind of depressing and nihilistic, but I think, cause part of what he's saying is like, I don't want to live anymore, but then he's countering it with like, but these things I'm experiencing mean I'm alive kind of thing, like coming to terms with... It, it reminds me of that Nine Inch Nails slash Johnny Cash song of like... Hurt. I hurt, yeah, I hurt <laughs> myself today to see if I still feel like... That kind of thing of like, you know, suffering is life, pain is life. Like, you're experiencing something and it means you're alive. Yeah, um, I got different feelings. I can see that. But the thing I got from it is because I've experienced is the lack of feeling anything. Just mm. numbness. Like you, you, you're supposed to feel love here. You're supposed to feel something. Yeah, he definitely feel, says that a lot yeah, too. But I don't feel anything. Mm-hmm. It's sort of what he's saying, and I felt that way. I'm sure we all have at some point. Unless, like, you know, I'm just being weird about it. <laughs> but uh, you know, like, you know, there there been times when I just nothing excited me. Yeah, I could think about the most exciting thing on the planet, and I just felt nothing. Um, and so I don't feel love. There, there are definitely times when I felt like I wasn't capable of it. Mm-hmm. 
not not legally, but right <laughs> times. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then we f- move into basically the uh, end of this record, the Earth Mover. Which uh, is that part of Andy Antiochian myth in this? Uh, I don't remember. I think so. Um, but I think it connects a lot with holy fucking shit, forty k where they're talking about how humans are machines and then the golems that are basically destroying the earth. Yeah. All they can do is destroy, but they can't themselves be destroyed. You know what kind of golem I, I imagined when I saw it? What? The human clay creed record. Oh, <laughs> The guy God. coming out of the earth. I'm sorry. That's, <laughs> that's just what I thought. Like, like, <laughs> um, it's, um, th- th- and if someone were to show me this song, mm-hmm. I'd be like, oh, there's shoegaze, man. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like, the, like, there's different, but like you said, genrefying, yeah, one hundred percent. But this one, it it's another builder too. Yeah, it, it builds up to just this squall, wailing guitar sound, like heavy bass thing. Uh, I, I, I which was... there's a there's a funny trivia bit with the bass thing. Okay. Um. So he's playing the bass at the end of the song, and like the last bass sound you hear in the song is him throwing his bass down and just letting <laughs> it ring out. Yeah. And it sounds really cool. Yeah, like, yeah. If you know you're listening for it, uh-huh. and it happens, just like how the like that sounds so cool. What, like, what was the point of that? Like, like yeah. how did they think of that? <laughs> uh, I think he said it was something along the lines of like he he wanted to fit with like the mood of the song. Yeah, and so he's like, you know, we're singing about golems destroying things. So he's like, I'm gonna be destructive about it. So he throwed it down and just kind of like, trudged out of the room. <laughs> I, I wrote um, down squalls of chaos and acceptance mm-hmm. because uh, even through that squall at the end, all that noise, you hear a uh, motif repeating yeah. itself. And it's kind of a lot melodic. You know, it's a know? very cool melody. Yeah, yeah, it's a cool melody. And so I, I thought that was really neat that they were gonna... And you have to hear it. You have to listen for it too because it's back there. You just have to listen for it. Oh, yeah. And so... I thought that was pretty. I like that quite a bit. That um, that sort of uh, I'm still here sort of thing. Yeah, so, I think I don't know. I like. I think this is a very good closer for the album. It wraps almost right back into a quick one, just because mm-hmm. you get very similar ideas of like the eternal worm is the universe coming in to destroy things, where this is okay. Now you are doing the destroying. Okay. Like it's it's a really interesting thought. Um. This album continues to be my favorite of theirs. Mm-hmm. Uh, I listen to it every so often, not even necessarily when I want to be in a, a sad mood. I think it just this album just whips ass. Yeah. Um, uh, their Sea of Worry is really interesting. Yeah. The Natural World's fine. I don't think a lot of people are super into it, but Sea of Worry is super cool, especially if you like a lot more of the rocking songs. Okay. So I'd recommend checking it out. Um, and yeah, that was Death Consciousness, and now I'm ready to get sad once again with what you've brought so this record that i'm about to talk about is a, uh, it's emotionally destroying cool i've only been like when i listen to it i can't listen to it again for a month at least dang uh it's heavy and not like heavy as in like it rocks it's fucking weight mm-hmm. um it's it's uh I, i'm glad we're listening to it last honestly okay. <laughs> um it's by it's a it's by a band called the antlers and it's called hospice oh yeah 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 so um i've heard it I have. I listen to it a lot, actually. Okay, so, um, <clears throat> the falls storyline for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Antlers are from Brooklyn, New York. They started uh, as sort of Pete, uh, Peter Silverman's just his solo project. Uh, he did two records before this, which I actually I admit, kind of embarrassing. I hadn't really heard 
I didn't really listen to it. I haven't either. This is their big one. And I heard it, I heard of this album the same way I heard of Death Consciousness. It was just being talked about so much on music boards. It's like, fine, I'll check it out. Yeah. um, And Hospice is is a, it's a, um, (laughs) I remember I worked at a different place and I went to go talk to my supervisor. I saw on his uh, phone the the cover art. Uh And he looks, sees the headphones, he goes, it's just one of those days. Oh, <laughs> and, um, yeah, like, this record actually, you know, I, lo- I loved it, and I still do. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, as I've gotten older, I even, I really, I've related to more just things that have gone on in my life. It's like, it's like, yeah, like, like, I don't, I don't know exactly how he got it so in the nose. Right. You know, um, I mean, and <laughs> there's silly lyrics in this. But the way he sings it, or the way he says it, makes it sound not silly. Right. Um, but, I'm oh, sorry. <laughs> Let me try. So he did the Hospice, and then he did uh, the next story. is called Burst Apart. Did you listen to Burst Apart? Mm-mm. I've only listened to Hospice. Okay. Burst Apart is the record after this. It's it's kind of a sexy record. Oh, weird. <laughs> yeah, weird and sexy, and uh, uh, it's okay. Okay. And then uh, he did an under, they did an Undersea EP, which I, it's like, what you think it sounds like mm-hmm. just undersea sort of murky sounds and then the last record they do is 2014's Familiars um I've seen this band live um I, I, I can't explain how amazing Song 13 is live <laughs> but uh Familiars 2014 is the last record they come I think they're coming back they're working on shit right now okay. but um yeah Hospice um I this <laughs> So it's it's about a uh, terminally ill patient, a hospice worker, who sort of fall in love. Mm-hmm. But uh, according to what I've read about it, it's uh, a metaphor for an abusive relationship, hmm. which I guess I kind of get, right? Maybe. I don't know if I've actually, like, if you know me, I'm bad at, like, listening to lyrics. Yeah. Um, so I might not have listened to the lyrics. I might have just listened to, like, the album without really paying attention to it. The lyrics on this fucking destroy me. Um, and... I'm mean, imagine you'll be looking at the lyrics going on with this. Uh, oh yeah. When we listen to it, um, it, this record, it's a really great record, and it's definitely the saddest thing I could think of. Okay. Yeah. Um. Uh. I have plenty of you know sad bastard music in my library, but this one is actually heartbreaking. Uh huh. Yeah. I I have plenty of songs with melody. I have plenty of records about Malays and melancholy. This one is actually draining. Right. Yeah. You know, um, ready to be drained. Yeah, get ready to be drained. That's what we're doing last. Crack open a warm Miller High yeah. Life. <laughs> so um uh this is on this is on uh Spotify. Mm-hmm. So people can listen to it on there. It's uh Angler's Hospice. Cool. And we'll give you ten seconds to go to Spotify and pull it up and listen. Yeah, if you're if you're wanting to revel in having a sad day, listen to both these albums. Oh yeah. <laughs> Man, I'm glad I didn't listen to this word today. All right, uh, <laughs> ten seconds. Yeah, we'll go you'll check it out. So that was um Antler's Hospice, and you I'm sad you, now. Yeah, uh, you you said you've seen this record, you've heard this record before, right? Yeah, I listened to it a while ago, probably around the same time I heard first heard Have a Nice Life. Right. Um, but I've probably only listened to it like maybe two or three times before. So, um, th- we both uh, we both actually listened to the record with a different 
um, wins this time. I think so. I think my original interpretation and how I was reading how other people had interpreted it, I was... I kind of disagree with them a lot. Yeah, I was yeah. looking at it in a much different way. Like, there's certainly elements to what they were saying, which mm. surely we'll get into. Um, but yeah, it was a lot of just like... I was like, oh, well... Yeah, whatever, sure. Well, um, I'm not going to try to get too personal here, but like I've been in abusive relationships and all of that shit was like, oh yeah, that's exactly how that did. Uh-huh. Um, but let's just go song by song about that. Yeah, well, let me yeah. let me hit you with... A few um, generalizations. Yeah. Uh, I remember this album being a lot more ethereal than it was. Yeah. Like, I don't remember it being as like... Immediate. solid and immediate, rock, immediate yeah, yeah as as it was and i'm listening to it again i'm like have i listened to this album yeah, yeah. like i thought i'm pretty it's, sure i have but i remember it yeah totally different yeah, i remember it being much more dreamy but th- that's not to say the songs don't bleed together because they do they do but it's all one like consistent thing and maybe it's because i've heard dreamier music oh, since yeah, like maybe sure. this was the dreamiest i had heard at the time but because yeah. this was pre uh my bloody valentine for me as well oh yeah we're discovering that stuff uh, this um, the people talk about this record as dream pop, indie rock, indie pop, and uh, and um, post rock, which I hear a little bit of. I see all that for uh, sure, but I, I think the music is super solid on this one, and I don't remember it being as good musically as it is. So we'll start with the first one, prologue. Um, yeah, it's instrumental. And electric piano. Yeah, with some sonic soundtrack sets the mood. Yeah, uh, I.e. Uh, sad. Yeah, so, <laughs> yeah. and, and the music it's it's cold and imperfect like the glow fluorescent lights in the hospital even yeah I that's how see i that. got from that like sort of you know everything's too bright yeah <laughs> you know like like buzzing you know what i mean like oh that, god yeah there there are kind of a lot of like buzzing sounds on this record and um, it's supposed to be about thing make you feel uncomfortable yeah and you do yeah um prologue sets the tone sets the tone for the record and yeah we'll get to the actual kettering yeah which is the song that played on all these TV shows, Fear the Walking Dead, Suits, if you remember that show. Uh, I've never even some heard CW of it. Some CW show. Uh, <laughs> so I've definitely never heard of it. So this is when you hear Peter's beautiful falsetto. <laughs> like he's, got a, he's got a good voice. There are a couple of times, uh-huh. um, I can't remember exactly which one. Um, I think it was Sylvia yeah. or Atrophy, where I was like, oh, I'm pretty sure this is the person who sang on... Uh, 13. Yeah, Sharon, Sharon Von Eden. Yeah, I thought that's who it was, and then I was like, oh, wait, no, never mind, it's still from the dude's perspective. <laughs> but, um, so this this song really talks about meeting the bitch of a, a patient. Uh, <laughs> um, you know, like, he, he's meeting her and learning about her inevitable ending, like, how she's gonna die. Because she's pretty sick by this point. She is terminal. Yeah, she's he terminal. He knows in advance yeah. that that is a thing. Yeah, that's his thing, and he can't help but follow up with her. And really, at the end of the song is when the record really kicks into gear, because it's... Yeah, it starts with kind of this, like, consistent piano chord. And then it lends with this loud ending. Yeah. Yeah, and, um... Uh, which it doesn't do until all the vocals are done. Yeah, Which right. I, I always appreciate. But yeah, it's the introduction of the two characters. You've got mm-hmm. kind of these awkward interactions, and this is my... What I was seeing a lot of. Mm-hmm. This dude was overstepping his boundaries so much with this patient. Oh, yeah. Like, as someone who is engaged to a doctor, it's I can now listen to this stuff and be like, oh, no, this dude might also be a fuck. Yeah. She's not 
entirely at fault in yeah. their relationship, which you do get later on, like, mm-hmm. on uh, 13, but a lot of it is just like, hey, dude, I think you, you, we, we, you are definitely in the wrong. You are not a good nurse. <laughs> no, please stop. So, uh, which brings us to Sylvia, also a little cool, noisy keyboard song. Yeah. Um, and it's about facing the diagnosis, right? Yeah. And uh, I really love the loud chorus in this. It's called Sylvia, and I really agree to actually people saying the silver Sylvia Plath aspect of this song. But the yeah. patient he's talking to is also Sylvia. Right. right. Um, but yeah, you get the patient is, or Sylvia is mad and irrational. And, and I he's think all, like, he's like, let me take care of you. And she's yeah. Like, and she, but then it, also he's walking on eggshells around her because he doesn't want to upset her. I think a lot, of, at least at this point in the album, I was seeing a lot of it as like, she was being an asshole to him because he's just uh, some, like, I was like, okay, it's possibly the start of an abusive relationship or possibly a dude creeping on a person who is dying and she is like, will you please just leave me alone? Yeah, and um, uh, this has an interesting thing is it has the horns before the outro. Mm -hmm. I like the horns on this a lot. And the horns, like, they sort of... They sort of represent a transition mm-hmm. of personality, like, of, uh, I guess, like, perspective. Like, for example, like, before, she's sort of pissed at him. Mm-hmm. But after the horns happen, it's sort of like they grow together as a couple. Yeah. Um, it sort of represents transition, which I which I, I really like it when, when uh, musicians, when they when they are able to signal that. Like the, the, There are a lot of really cool, like, signals and callbacks to melodies oh, and yeah, stuff yeah. like that on this album. And I really love callbacks call, mm-hmm. call, and melodies. And, um, but yeah, a lot of it is kind of the doctor or the nurse, uh, like, wants to help, but he won't do his job if she won't let him. Like, she's yeah. like, no, that makes me uncomfortable, so he, like, just doesn't do what he's supposed to do <laughs> to be helping this person. Yeah. Um, which brings us into atrophy. And this is really first when she starts showing how much of an abusive bitch she is. Mm-hmm. Um, she's controlling him. Um, but then when he does something wrong, or when she does something, tells him to do something, and he does it wrong, he gets blamed for that. Yeah. You know, like, um, and, uh, <laughs> but he's bound to her for better or for worse at this point, you know? Yeah. Um, so and, what I'm getting from this one yeah. is. Like, yeah, she's she's treating him poorly, but I think a lot of that stems from the insecurity of being the ill person in a relationship. Like, yeah. you're coming at this thing from, like, there's a lot of insecurity there from, like, I'm going to die and sure. leave this person behind. Right. And I don't know. It's it's definitely a bad coping mechanism for sure. And, um, and I'm not... And this is something that also, when it grows in piano and then it sort of morphs into, like, a, like a, a thumping beat with, like, mm-hmm. like electronic sounds... And then it ends with a little acoustic part. <laughs> yeah. I love... There's just so many, like, changes and little, like, nuggets of mm-hmm. uh, interesting song things on here. Um, but I'm also... Like, I got a lot of, like... He's kind of singing, like, oh, my God, she's being so mean to me. Yeah. But I get this sense as, like, he just flat out does not understand, like, what this... Per- like, she's dying. And he's kind of just like... But, like, why aren't we having a normal relationship? Yeah, but he also wishes he could trade places with her in a weird aspect. Yeah, I think that's... Just, I'm, just I'm thinking... Just like, it's like, can we be happy together? I love you, kind of. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's, it's weird. I think they're both bad people. 
Like, I think... I th- yeah, they're both in the wrong, for sure. They're like, definitely like, both in the wrong, and I think if he's saying these things are like, I wish we could trade places and stuff like that, like, I think you get... It, it's get this weird manipulation aspect to it of just... Like, I don't know, like, maybe he's being, like, too, like, empathetic to a fault where it's just, like... Trading places doesn't help her. Doing your actual job yeah. will help her. And yeah, but then instead again, you chose but then again, to... she also can't let him do his job. I, he he can do his job, <laughs> and he's choosing not to. Okay. Um, but then in this one, it also signals... Like, they're engaged at this point. Oh, yeah, yeah. Rings and shit. Where yeah. it's just like, bro. <laughs> yeah. Dude, she's dying. Do dude. not have... It's fine if she's dying, but don't have relations with your patients. Yeah, yeah. Bad. 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 I want to smack this yeah. dude with a newspaper. Yeah, because you, you're engaged to a doctor. <laughs> yeah. Don't do it. It is against what you're it's, allowed to do. Yeah, it's a it's a ethics problem. And I'm also curious if a lot if he actually loves her or if he's trying to fix her and help her and that's what's keeping. I think like, that could be part of it. Yeah, it, it's not like a real connection there. It's I want to fix you and I want to help you. So that's right. our relationship now. Um, but it ends, I thought it was a different song. It ends with kind of this like clanging bell sound yeah. and like some acoustic guitar. Yeah. And I was like, oh, it's the next song. And I started writing it as if it was and there. Then, and I go, no, it's still atrophy. And I was like, oh, what? <laughs> yeah. It's another one of those just like changes into a thing. Okay. And then we get into Bear. Yeah. Which I wrote, oh God, is she pregnant now? Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> I got a different idea from this. Uh-huh. Um, to me, Bear is a metaphor for her illness. Uh, mm. How it's really starting to show now and how... How uh, they can't ignore it anymore. It's right there, mm-hmm. and we're going to do things you can. While you still can, we're still going to do things that that are fun, right? Right. But also, the 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 friends are seeing the relationship they have, and it's making them uncomfortable. So they're staying away. Um, uh, and what happens? You know, the the first verse is about you know we have this bear and it's in her stomach and. All this other shit. Anna. Yeah. Well, I thought I thought her illness was in like her leg because he does well, keep. It's, it's, it's. I mean, it's bone cancer. Yeah. But, uh, I thought a big part of it was in her leg. So I'm. I guess I'm looking at this song as. Uh. He, uh. She's pregnant. Yeah. But yeah, it's a lot of people. And a lot of people saying it's like, in real life, Peter and her his uh his uh ex they she was pregnant and they. Deported it, like yeah. There's definitely that in yeah. here. They say he uh, says something along the lines of like, "We've got procedures set up and something like I'm waiting uh, for us to be like unfucked, but we're always going to be fucked." Which is like, you know, we had this relationship <laughs> that wasn't supposed to be happening, and now we can't. Like, there's no plausible deniability that yeah. this wasn't happening because now you have a child. Inside the way you. I looked at it is, she was going in for her checkup. Mm-hmm. And she got really bad news. And now that they're facing this this very, very close death sentence, they don't know what the fuck to do. Yeah. And so that's why they're strangers now. That's why she's staring at the television, snowy. Because it's all meaningless now. Oh, for what I got from that part was mm-hmm. um, that because they're, like, together now, yeah. like, the television, snowy is her, like, they're, she's there at home now. Like, he's taken her out of hospice, and now they're... And, and, cohabitating yeah and uh i by the way this is probably one of my favorite songs on the record just the way it's it good yeah. yeah it's once it hits like the we're too old part it's powerful like, it's, yeah it's, it's a powerful song it's it's um yeah something else man yeah this whole album is something yeah. else and then we get the 13 
Yep, which you get this slight glimpse of the perspective of Sylvia. Um, yeah, and I, I go, we're in love, save me. Because yeah. what she's saying is not like, why are you with me if you can't help me? Yeah. You know, like, why are you with me if you can't save me from this horrible thing that's happening to me? It's not fair to anyone. But she's saying, she's saying, help me. Do do what you're supposed to do. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's, it's heartbreaking. Yeah. Well, if you're looking at it the way I was looking at it, <laughs> she is accepting his advances yeah. and the relationship stuff because she thinks that that would help her more. Mm-hmm. That's a good way to put it. That's, that's, uh... And maybe that's the way she's looking at it, but then expressing the stuff in a abusive, awful way. Like, they're, they're both getting the wrong things from this relationship and understanding it in not a great way. Yeah. Then we uh, get to my, probably my second favorite song on the record, which yeah. is two. Where he's like, cool, well, I just want you to die now. Yeah. And uh, it's like, damn. Yeah, this is, this is like basically barely, barely, right close to the end. Yeah, it's getting um, there. And it sort of explains her shitty behavior, you know, with her family saying she would, like, for example, her, she'd been sick for a long time and her family did nothing about it. Yeah. And when they finally do, it's too late. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, it sort of explains, I mean, she was dealt a shitty hand. And, you know, with her family being the way they were, it, it does a, it does a job of sort of, ex- I want to say her rosebud. Right. <laughs> yeah, like it explains why she's such a shitty person. Yeah, it explains it. It doesn't excuse it, but no, it definitely no, no, explains no, no, it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, see, now that you're saying it, uh, saying that they ignored her sickness and stuff. Uh-huh makes sense i didn't pick up on that part i thought when they were saying she was mm. losing a lot of weight it was like she had got like an had like an eating disorder as well okay. and honestly by this point in the album is like this guy is just layering on as many sad things yeah. as possible and, 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 it's like and, oh my yeah, god everyone around her including uh doctors i think it's just saying people he should listen to yeah are saying weaver stop it like this is over you gotta you gotta you gotta cut cut your losses you know yeah. um uh and he but he stayed with her Mm-hmm. Even no no one supported the relationship, and he took the pain from her, the abuse, because I love you. <laughs> like yeah, but now it's gotten so bad to the point that he's like happy that she's act. It's time for her to actually yeah, yeah, die. He's waiting for the mutilation to end because he's yeah because he, at this point he's starting to sort of he's still miss he's still like terrified of her going, but mm-hmm. he, I feel like he's starting to see the manipulation she's putting him through. Yeah, the only way out of the relationship yeah. is for her to die. And so, uh, and then we get to uh, Shiva, and she dies. Yeah, that's that's the death of Sylvia, and he's coming to terms with it. Yeah, which I think is really weird because there's that line in there about how she like left the ring in his fist and stuff like that. It was like so the relationship was over before she died. Yeah, which I think is he's trying to marry the the relationship, I think the metaphors together at that right. point. Right, and maybe he didn't do a great, great right. job of it. But it's or uh, maybe he kept he tried to yeah. keep the relationship and going. Now that she's gone, he really doesn't know what to do. Yeah. He's been so used to being bound to this horrible, shitty person mm-hmm. that he is sort of aimless. Um, and it's called Shiva, which is, uh, as far as I can, I didn't really, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, but yeah, it's. Um, and same electric piano, like it shows up a lot to this record, the, the waveriness of it. Yeah. Yeah. Like this one, you got the sense of like. All it was just the two of them, but you know, the previous song you got yeah. the two of them because you know they've been so isolated from their friends and their family mm-hmm. because they had this illicit relationship. Um, and she was probably pushing him away from his friends and family and stuff. Uh, but now it's like now he's 
he has nobody. Oh yeah. It's like that that was what he had and now he just doesn't have that. Right. And that brings us to Wake, which is him basically trying to get people back in his life. The people yeah. that, that were ignoring him cuz they're like hey man, we'll be around you, but this person's shitty. Like we can't support this. Yeah. And, and he like he obviously burns some bridges, but he wants these people back in his life cuz he has no one else. Yeah. And I'm curious if he's not trying to bring old people back, but meeting new people at her funeral, yeah. at her wake. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like a lot of the kind of, like, background sounds in this one. You get, like, the humming, mm-hmm. and every so often, like, this bit of, like, almost like a sample of, like, crying yeah. will come in. Yeah. And it's really interesting. I think it sets the scene in a really interesting way. And so, I, I saw this, this album that I thought of a movie or a play. So you got the yeah. beginning, you got the yeah, when is rising this? action. When's this movie coming out? <laughs> yeah. It's rising action. Uh-huh. This is the climax. Wake is the climax. And epilogue, the next one, is the falling action. Right. But um, epilogue is my favorite song ever. Epilogue is great. I was... When we were going into epilogue, um, I was like, oh, okay, cool. It's just going to be like a little instrumental outro. No. And he started singing, and it started quoting... I uh, think you go goosebumps all throughout this song. I think this one is the most emotionally resonant on oh. the album. Yeah, um... Like, first off, we gotta say, it's a callback to Bear. It's the same melody. Yeah, exactly. And, and uh, it's uh, just acoustic guitar, and he's explaining <laughs> the emotional devastation he's now living with. Yeah. Um, he did say he was fired from his job, and yeah. I said, good. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, the one that, that really scares me the most, because he's haunted by this girl. Yeah. This is, uh, it comes to me in nine sometimes when I think I may have fallen asleep. Your face is up against mine. I'm too terrified to speak. Yeah. I get goosebumps every time I hear that line. Oh, yeah. Because, I mean, because I, 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 you know, it's it's spooky for one. Like, but it's not. It's kind of, I mean, it's kind of ghost-like. Uh, yeah. But then, yeah. But, but, so, but the chorus is in you screaming and cursing and hurting me and laughing and smiling and apologizing. The, and going through all the stages of someone who abuses you does. Yeah. Um, because they're going to run again in emotions. You're allowed to only feel one thing. Yep. And so, uh, Epilogue is my favorite song on the record, and it's the. I per- think I agree. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 the one. I think a lot of us can agree. Like we've all been in these dark places. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, and so to, to sort of see it, how it's affected, uh, the nurse Peter, whatever you want to say, um, it, it's a really powerful song, and it and it bookends the record in a really powerful way. Yeah, and. It does end up in kind of like a little instrumental thing at the mm-hmm. end, like a little outro yeah. instrumental that does book in the album, and you get the the instrumental epilogue yeah. that you would get for the album. Like it's just nice closed little yeah. thing. So lyrics are great. Um, Definitely, I think the music's great yeah, too. Yeah, it's all it's a, it's a really interesting record. Yeah, and uh, I'm glad it didn't drain us as much as I thought it would. <laughs> yeah, I don't feel. Uh, too emotionally devastated. He yeah. tried. He tried very hard on it, epilogue, and he hit me a couple of times. It was like, oof, oh, yeah. oof. <laughs> uh, I haven't explored any antlers beyond this. Yeah. Although, burst apart's pretty good, man. Um, I'll check it out. Yeah, and familiars isn't bad. Okay. <laughs> uh, familiars is very quiet the whole thing. Uh-huh. Uh huh. But but this antlers record is my favorite. Okay. Then it's familiars, and then burst apart. Okay. Um, and undersea piece pretty great too. I mean, I'm not gonna say no, it's not because. <laughs> It's interesting. Did you mention Zelda? Okay. Zelda? I like yeah. Zelda. Yeah. 
Uh, I think there's the water temple, which is fucking hard to get to. I don't like the water temple. No, no, fuck that place. <laughs> um, you know what it's time for? Uh, drawing a new theme. Yeah, we're drawing a new theme. Sweet. It's uh, my turn to draw. Your turn to draw, so let me shake this bad yeah. boy up. Yeah, paper hat. <laughs> yep. It says hat, so it's okay. Get some of that ASMR bag action okay, there. Yeah, and there we go. Um, so our next one is underrated album by band. So your cool. favorite a band that you think has an underrated album, I already have mine picked out. Shit. Okay. <laughs> uh, I don't even know what I was thinking about when I picked this theme. So. Uh, well, uh, I think I did this theme. I thought I did that theme. Ooh, look at that. We don't know. <laughs> um, but yeah, I have. I already have the. Um, I already have it picked out. Easy. Like, I. Yeah, so, underrated album by band. So you're going to pick a band that you love, and you think you pick their most underrated album. Something yeah. you love, but not everyone else does. Yeah, other people might not like. Okay. Cool. What else do you, Chris, have going on? So, I do a weekly movie podcast. I do a weekly movie podcast called Movies That Don't Suck and Some That Do. We do two movies, new movies generally, and uh, we just we just talk about movies and movie news and all that shit. And, um... It's, it's it comes out every Sunday or Monday or if I'm really lazy Tuesday, uh-huh. but it's weekly. So each week we do two new movies, and um, I, I never miss a week. Nice. And so a lot of movies. Um, yeah, a lot of movies, and I have a lot of fun doing it. Well, I have a lot of fun doing this too. So, <laughs> um, so what do you guys got going on? All right, big news. Is this, bah, bah, bah. Is this smell record out? It's almost out. Smell. Yeah, <laughs> Friday, February twenty eighth. Okay. It will be released so this Friday, but this is coming out probably after this Friday. Where can people find that? Uh, I believe it is going to be on Bandcamp. Okay. So I think smell.bandcamp.com. Awesome. Maybe. Okay. Don't quote All me right. on that. All right. Just search smell Bandcamp, okay. and it'll probably be so there. So it might be out by the time this comes out. It should be, unless okay. you're you got a super fast turnaround on this. It'll be out like this Friday, oh, with okay. today being the what, twenty fifth. Yeah, we'll see what happens. So, yeah, it'll be out in a couple of days. Uh, very excited. We got all the stuff recorded. We've been mixing levels. Have you been listening like to that. the rough mixes? Yes. Okay. Uh, but I have since deleted all the rough mixes off my phone, and I'm not going to listen to it until it comes out on Friday. Right, okay. Uh, it is in it's in God's hands now, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> the universe is... We'll see. Okay. Uh, but, yeah, very excited about that. Me too. I can't wait Yeah, so uh, that has been... Our else? record night? No, that's it at the moment. No, the other uh, the video game one's on hiatus until our two people are doing big moves. I'm busy with school, uh-huh. uh, so we're all too busy to do a play a video game a month. Oh yeah, that's that's hard, man. I gotta, yeah, say, I mean, I'm still playing Binding of Isaac all the time. Yeah. So once uh, once life kind of gets out of the way a little bit, we'll get back into that. But I'm, I'm glad we can we can do this. Isn't? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, so. Well, this doesn't take. 20 hours of my time every month plus a podcast <laughs> alright um, so next uh, next week or next episode we're doing Unread Alma Game yep and uh, uh, that was recognized that was recognized I'm Ryan I'm Chris and we'll see you next time <laughs>